brought to you by Chubby's, Philadelphia's hidden gem and only restaurant. This is Boy Meets World Fever. I'm your host, Cameron. I'm your other host, Chance. Is Chubby's real? It must be. Well, but are they really sponsoring us? Oh, I messed up. Well, that's okay. It's funner that you did. I I messed it up. We've been doing this how long now? Uh, This is episode 15? No, not even close. 17. Something like that. Mr. Chubby himself did send me a big fat check. Oh. Um, so expect to get your piece of that. Did he send you an order of chili cheese fries with extra, extra gravy? gravy? <laughs> yes. They were very soggy and a little moldy by the time they got to me, so I did not try them. Extra gravy? I don't know. Maybe they were calling the chili gravy? Maybe. Is chili gravy? Is chili gravy? This is a great question for our listeners. Is chili gravy? Is cereal soup? I don't know. Is a taco a sandwich? No. If a hot dog's a sandwich, a taco's a sandwich. But I still am on the side of hot, a hot dog is not a sandwich. Yeah, but cereal being soup is definitely something to bake your noodle. Yeah. I don't know. That was a weird part of the episode that we're just jumping. We're just, we're just jumping, we're jumping right to the end of the first episode. Um, but yeah, gravy. Gravy, gravy on chili cheese fries. And chili cheese fries. How are you today, Cameron? Now I'm just trying to think about that. Um, I'm doing all right. I'm in a dilemma. I accidentally one time ordered a gravy cheese fries at That's Sonic. That's amazing. Yeah, I, I ordered cheese fries with a... Uh, in my mind, I ordered a side of gravy. Mm-hmm. They just ladled it right on top. But what they did is, yeah, they put gravy on top of fries and then melted that cheese on that gravy. Oh, well, Sonic's gravy is white gravy. If yeah. it was brown gravy, that'd be heaven. Well, yeah. We uh, we know a little bit about fries, cheese, and brown gravy. Uh-huh. We are uh, from Stillwater, Oklahoma. and Well, from. We went to well, college there and lived there for a while. Yes, as much as I am from anywhere. And you are from anywhere. You moved a lot. Uh Um, But we, there was a place that we really enjoyed called Mom's Rest in Peace. They Mm -hmm. didn't pay their taxes. Now they're gone. So it happens when you don't pay your taxes. But the food was cheap. But the food because was they didn't cheap. pay their taxes. It was super cheap. But we would always get the Dawn Special, uh-huh. two pieces of Texas toast, uh, two fourth pound patties of hamburger meat covered in fries, covered in gravy, covered in cheese. You could get onions. We didn't go for the onions. No, I, a friend of ours, uh, Adam, did jalapenos a few times. Oh, didn't uh, our friend Tim do an egg? Yes, it was a different. It was that, but it was white gravy and chicken fried steak, and mm. he put an egg on top. Same basic idea. Wow. It was called the Dawn Special. It was glorious. I miss it greatly. Um, we've recently learned that way back when, when Denny's created meals based on rock stars, the All-American Rejects. Who are from Stillwater, basically recreated this dish. Yeah, so we are not the only lovers of it. Kind of blew my mind. Yeah, that we are not the only lovers of this dish. Mm-hmm. There is another restaurant in Stillwater now that you can go to and get this. It isn't quite the same, and it's not as cheap. Yeah, it's not. So that, that whole meal, the two fourth-pound patties, all the fries, the gravy, the Texas toast was five bucks. Yeah. And now the new one, it isn't quite as good, and it's like eight bucks. Yeah, that's just how life is when you grow up. You realize stuff's just not as good. Well, I think it would still be just as good. I think it's probably not as good because it isn't. The price is more. It's maybe a little smaller. Yeah. And then you didn't feel like you took some years off of your life just by walking in the restaurant. Yeah. It was it was just such a great little hole in the wall. Just a little greasy spoon. It was great. We loved it. This anyway. Has been Cameron and Chance's nostalgia hour. Anyway, that's our greasy spoon like chubbies. Um, so tell us about your your chubbies. Yeah. Everyone has a chubbies in their life. I, yeah, what is I it? feel like that's true. Um, but this episode in my heart brought to you by moms, R.I.P. They couldn't they could not sponsor this episode because 
they did not pay their taxes. Yeah. We cannot stress this enough. You should probably pay your taxes. Yeah, you should probably pay your taxes. Whether you agree with the concept or not. I'd like for you to stay in business. Yeah, yeah, that's true. We want you to stay in business. Poor mom. Um, <laughs> we. I wanted to address something before we got started today. Um, and we, I think we'll be fairly quick. But more news recently has popped up about uh, the actress who played Angela. Mm-hmm. Uh Trina, Trina McGee. Trina McGee over the weekend. And we haven't addressed this when it was all going on. And I don't want it to seem like we're ignoring it. Um, so I just wanted to, to bring it up. If you out there in Listenerville don't know, apparently she was fairly mistreated on the set of Boy Meets World. Um, especially by one castmate in particular. And then when she came back for her guest appearance in Girl Meets World, another character um, treated her poorly. Another um, actor. Oh yes, another character. Another Real actor person. treated her poorly. Though I'm not sure if that one was race related. The first one during her time there was race related. Mm-hmm. Um, Trina McGee, if you don't know, is a black woman because we haven't gotten to Angela yet. We are not experts in this. Um, obviously, we know that treating someone poorly for any reason, but especially because of race, is not cool, and we don't stand with that. Um, I don't think that we can speak authoritatively on it. Um, she has since released statements that they have both apologized, and they are on good terms. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, especially in our privilege, we want to say, like, okay, it's good. Everything's done. Maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. I don't know. Um, but I think it's something to educate yourself on, something to make, to put out there in the world and not ignore it and pretend like it's not happening. Um, she herself, again, has said that both of those actors have apologized and they're good. Yeah, they're on good terms, according to her. And so, I, I mean, like in any situation, we're not inside of it. So we can't really judge one way or the other. And I don't think we need to. No. Yeah, I just wanted to acknowledge it real quick. Um, say that we definitely do not support treating anyone differently because of their race. Um, we definitely don't support treating anyone badly, period. Um, and really, we just want to direct you again. Like, There's a Boy Meets World podcast by two gentlemen of color that we are great friends with, um, and they're probably going to talk about this. Um, I think they've tweeted about it recently, so they're probably going to be way more insightful than we are about it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so there that is. But there that is, and yeah, we, we love Angela. We mm-hmm. love Trina McGee, and I'm glad people can learn and grow and mend relationships. Yeah, it's a it's a good thing. Yeah, to be able to do that. So definitely not minimizing it. Definitely want to just make a statement on it because we are so tied to Boy Meets World now. But we are definitely not the authority you want to be listening to on this. Right. So that's I just wanted to throw that out there. Okay. Thank so, you, Chance. Oh, no problem. Uh, anyway, I, I guess we've we've talked about moms. We've talked about racism. Uh huh. We're just checking it off the list, I guess. Checking it off the list. I guess we jump into the episode now. Yeah, so we are, this week we're looking at episodes 205 and 206. Mm -hmm. Some interest, well, one very interesting one and one kind of, (laughs) eh. One? um, I have thoughts. We all have thoughts. There's some, both of these episodes really go some wild places. They do. They really Um, do. So yeah, we're going to look at those, but we'll start off with episode 205, which is called The Uninvited. Chance has something he wants to make sure he says about the title of the episode before we even get started. Oh, I I wasn't prepared for that, but it's a bad title. It makes no sense. (laughs) It is a bad title. I don't know. Maybe it's a reference to something, but if it is, I don't know what, and it's bad. So it's not a good reference. Yeah. It's like when I make references to things and nobody understands them, and my wife tells me to stop doing that. Yeah, it is, it is the equivalent of a embarrassing man saying something he shouldn't. 
Maybe, I think, uh, that hurts. I decided to be hurt. I'm going to turn away from you well, and the microphone so nobody can hear me. Well, while you sulk, I'll go ahead and synopsize this episode. I'll give us a, a good synop. Um, Corey's being overdramatic about a party. He gets invited to said party. Then he's overdramatic about being invited to, the, to a party. And then he learns a lesson about what it really means to be cool. Sort of. Sort of. There it is. Um, party drama. Folks... We talked about moms just a little while ago, and then we talked about racism. That's way more material than we're getting out of this episode. (laughs) This episode has some things to say about aging, aging as a man, growing old, growing feeble. Does it? I I don't know. It has things to say about the power of sex as a motivating force to men. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. There's... This episode is what it is. I feel like it's another one of those, like, this could be an episode of anything. There there are some heartwarming moments, and this is not a worthless episode. Oh, certainly not. But. I don't think it has, it's, it doesn't say something bad. I think it says something good. Yeah. But it's just very uninteresting in how it chooses to get there. Uh, yes, absolutely. Let's uh, go through the episode. I think we can do this rather quickly. Let's hope so, because 206 has some we've things got, to we've say. Got, we've got some stuff to talk about in 206. <laughs> um, I, while, we were, while I was watching this episode, I had a the A plot and the B plot have no connection whatsoever. None. Do we want to just cover the B plot with the parents real quick, then the A plot, and just kind of move through that way? I think so. It kind of makes sense, because there isn't any, like, and then these connect here. Yeah, they're not learning the the same lesson yeah they're not they're not connected whatsoever yeah so let's let's cover the beat plot real fast and it's what it is uh-huh. <laughs> um i think we have four major scenes of the b plot we have alan and amy in the uh in the kitchen. kitchen we have alan on the couch with mr feeney mm-hmm. we have before Corey goes to the party yeah and then the tag at the end yep and then we have the tag at the end okay so basically the setup is alan is complaining that he's getting these magazines for like old men yeah like geriatric today Uh uh-huh so very like general kind of like aarp basically um without naming that mm-hmm. uh, and he's like why am i why am i getting these um, turns out he'd ordered some vitamin e supposedly to give him more endurance he says to amy she seems very flattered by this yeah i i guess we're doing a joke about alan needing to have an erection longer i guess so <laughs> um so sure i don't okay. i don't really know what to say about that this one's going places and then Corey he's and telling amy he's still young he's still happening yeah um and cory and sean are going to play basketball he's like i'm gonna go with you play some b-ball with my homies which is i don't even know it sounds like a youth pastor trying to be cool <laughs> uh-huh and failing <laughs> and miserably. Failing miserably and so in doing so he turns throws the magazines on the table as he's walking out the door and just that gentle motion of throwing those magazines on the table he throws his back out right and so there's this scene where he's like am i not moving like am i outside yet and he's just like sort of frozen there slightly hunched over throwing his back out despite saying i'm too young i'm too young to have thrown my back out that can't happen yeah yeah he's he's very much in denial as he can't move i don't really know what it means to throw your back out mm-hmm. i don't know what that means i mean it happened here and then it happens in an episode of scrubs where uh the mean but lovable dr cox does a slam dunk and then what as he like drops off the rim he throws his back out upon landing mm-hmm. which seems like a much more epic way to throw your back out but he just has to stand there not moving uh, as well so apparently this is a thing uh-huh. i mean it does happen i've i mean 
my wife has back problems and, and she didn't like throw it out. There were more severe issues that kind of had to do with it. But yeah, didn't she like even break now, her spine? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah, there are like usually more underlying issues, I think, even for throwing your back out. But like everything in your body is like related to your spine. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if something gets off or something gets pinched, it can be really hard and painful to move. So is that what throwing your back out is? Is it like a spine so. pinch? Yeah, something like that. Or maybe like a yeah, some, like a disc or something. I think it's kind of a catch-all term okay. for just like general, more like severe acute back problems and back pain <clears throat> that can make it more difficult to walk and things like that. Um, I even had a coworker this last year. She's pretty young, like younger than me, like mid-20s. And she, like something happened with her back. So typically we associate it like, oh, you're really old, but it can happen to anybody. Huh. And my wife's not very old either to have the back problems that she has. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I get it if you've got like a condition. I've got friends with back conditions, but like just randomly doing something that throws your back out kind of blows my mind a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's just that TV magic again. I feel like okay. it's a good it's a good kind of sitcom plot. It happens in the office um, where one of the characters, Phyllis, throws out her back and Dwight kind of nurses her back to health. It's actually really funny. Uh-huh. Um, okay. Not that you would know. I am not an office fan. As we have already established mm-hmm. on this very podcast. Yes. I'm sorry to everyone out there. Please don't hate me. <laughs> um, that is my most controversial opinion by far in my life. Hey, I guess that's not a bad place to be. <laughs> it's um, true. Um, yeah. So, so, yeah, throws his back out. Alan throws his back out. Then if we see him again later, he's on the couch embracing sack. his old... Yes, yeah, he's just got a little grabber claw that he's picking things up with. Um, Mr. Feeney comes and tries to get him to come to the gym. Yeah. The health club. The health club. refers to it. Um, I guess it was probably Amy who invited him to try to get Alan off the couch. Mm-hmm. Probably. Um, she makes a I'm leaving you if you don't get off that couch joke. Yeah. Feeney's like, my suggestion is throw some dirt on him and go on a cruise. Yeah. Just like put him in the ground. Time to move on. Um, so, I mean, this whole thing is just a joke machine about age and hypochondria, I guess. Uh, just exaggerating your It didn't condition. land with me. Yeah, it wasn't wasn't my favorite. This no. episode's not my favorite, so no, I it mean, certainly didn't help. Just none of the none of the jokes land. I mean, like Feeny, like you gotta. Well, just come down and sign up. I get fifty dollars for every referral. Uh-huh. I'm just a teacher. I that registered with me. Yeah, just you like, probably felt that. this is this is. I gotta do something. Come on. <laughs> um, That's kind of a huge bonus, like a membership referral to get fifty bucks. It's true. It's true. I need to find a place that does that. Who would you refer? You. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, Everyone I meet, honestly. If I were to suggest 100 people, that's $5,000. Yeah, but they actually have to sign up for a gym membership. I can do that. I can be very persuasive. Okay. Okay. Well, None of our listeners know that. <laughs> listeners, please sign up for the gym membership so Cameron can get your referral. He'll have his referral code I'll soon. Send, I'll post the referral code on Twitter. You just plug that in at checkout at your local health club. Yeah. But again, that joke, while the... It's a funny joke about teachers. It's not really a funny joke in the situation. Yeah, the situation is just not funny. Yeah. I don't... I, is it all for the payoff of her in the 90 at the end? Like, is that what the joke know, is for? Maybe. It just 
feels the whole thing feels out of place. Yeah, I don't know. Um, Just in terms of like a kids sitcom, like geared more towards the youth to kind of have this storyline of like an older man, like a forty year old man throwing his back out. It just doesn't. It doesn't. I'm just not sure who they were trying to reach with it. I guess it's like families, so a little something for the kids, a little something for the adults. But that's not a storyline you want to think about. Yeah, yeah. And maybe if it is a storyline for the adults, like the storyline is male enhancement and back problems. I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I don't. I, I didn't think the adults were likable. I didn't think the jokes were funny. No. Um, the, the one funny moment is in the next scene where um, Amy is uh, helping Alan and then like Corey comes and asks for the part to go to the party, mm-hmm. uh, which we'll get to in the A plot. Um, and they say yes, but then he insults his dad. Well, he doesn't really insult him. He calls him by, he calls him Alan uh-huh. as kind of a joke. Like I'm cool enough to call you Alan now. And Alan starts reaching to grab him and he just like, Ooh, Ooh, yeah, you can't, can't touch me. Yeah, you should have seen Cameron's dance right there. It was great, but... And it was basically like a, and Savage possessed my body. Yeah. And I was juking and moving. But him him dancing just out of his father's reach. He doesn't quite have the moves reach. that Eric does when he jukes out Amy right. in the previous episode, but he still got it. Yeah, yeah, he definitely does. Um, yeah, it's a, that's a funny moment, him dancing right outside of his father's reach, especially since we've already been established that Alan is going to pick him up from the party. Mm-hmm. So not going to be out of reach for long, but that, that, that part was kind of funny. And mm-hmm. then we get the stinger at the end. At the end, yeah, where, um, well, they also kind of talk to Corey about, like, remembering who your friends are. We'll get to that in the A-plot, that's the one moment where I feel like they intersect. Yeah. But it has no, no bearing on this plot. Well, yeah, yeah, the, the B-plot, the, 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 the characters intersect, the plots don't Yeah, the plots all. don't. But then at the end, Amy comes down and is like, I made another order because they've been talking about ordering things through catalogs. She's like, I made another catalog order. And um, she's wearing this like silk nightgown. And yeah, she really lures did. Alan to come upstairs. She's like, oh, I'm well enough now. Ho, ho, ho. Well, she, she whispers in Alan's ear what's waiting for him upstairs. Uh-huh. And then he says, it's a miracle, sister Amy. I'm healed. <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> sure. And he... Comes upstairs and he's like, I'd like to give that outfit a twice over. She goes, you're not that young anymore. And he grabs the vitamin E. With his little grabber claw. With his little grabber claw. I gotta say, a grabber claw seems very useful. Just in life. Yeah. You should get one. I should. Just carry it around. Why didn't it... Especially in this pandemic so I don't have to touch anything. Your wife has back problems. She needs a grabber claw. And I just need one for fun. I, I imagine you picking your children up with it. Worth a shot. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, picking them up. So there it, it is. That's the whole episode. We're going to move on to two oh six. Who cares about the other stuff that happens? This B plot didn't work for me. No, I don't know. I don't know why it was in here. Um, it just doesn't make sense with the themes and feel of the show at all. Yeah, it just does not work. Um, yeah, you know, you do kind of see this being like a step by step plot or something like that. Uh-huh. Like, yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't fit here in this show. Yeah, uh, and the kids, the kid plot, I think, does fit more in the show, but I don't know if it, well, it's better. It's better, which is why I wanted to get this out of the way yeah, first. So now that that's gone, we can forget all about <laughs> Amy and Alan, except for one little moment when they do interact. We, we can forget all about his back problems. Old man Alan, apparently 40s, very old. Yeah, he turned 40. <clears throat> Um, and now we'll get to the the kids plot. Yep. So we are in Mr. Feeney's class. First time we see Feeney's class at John Adams High. Yep. Looks eerily similar to 
Jefferson Elementary School. Yeah, the desks, desks are a little are, bigger. And the door is on the opposite side. Yes, it's... Well, before there was a door in the front and the back. At Jefferson? Uh-huh. I want to say... I only remember there being... There was a door behind the desks at Jefferson, and this one... I remember when they were doing the their um, presentation during Model Family, and I feel like there's a door behind Minkus as they're sitting up there. Isn't that where the... The geography plaques are? And doors next to the geography plaques. Oh, I don't, I don't know about that. It's basically the same set that they've just kind of made a little bit more high school. Yeah. But it's the exact same but thing. there's no door behind them in this scene. Maybe you're right. I can't remember. Yeah. It's been, it's been 30 minutes since I watched it. <laughs> the door... It's gone from my memory. The door in Turner's room is behind the desks, uh-huh. but the door in Feeney's class... And I think this actually stays pretty consistent until they change sets for high school. I think Feeney's class set, the door's in front of the desk. And in Turner's room, it's behind the desk. Okay, okay. I think you're right. I think it's the same set. They just turned the desks around, but that's another... Because mm-hmm. the door's in the same spot. Yeah, why, it's why just, have multiple classroom sets when you can just repurpose the one that yeah. you have? I could kind of move the blackboard that. around. But, yeah, they're in history class, passing some notes. Feeney's talking about the Pony Express. For and, some reason. For some reason, I guess. Talking about notes and receiving mail. Yeah. Because I get invited to a party later, I guess. It's very weak. Yeah, it's a weak tie-in for sure. Um, but yeah, he's talking about he's talking about that, and he very expertly snatches up three notes. Uh-huh. You can be you get some skills pretty quickly. Do kids pass notes in your class? Um, sometimes actually. Really? I, would I mean, think they texting still don't. They, be... I mean, their phones aren't allowed, so. Oh, okay. Yeah, off and away, chance. Off and away. This is a place to learn, not to do whatever TikTok texting nonsense you youths are up to these days. Uh, for the reference, Cameron is a month older than me. You whippersnappers. <laughs> um, you Gen Z knuckleheads. I love Gen Z. I think you're great. You're wonderful. Please don't be mean to me. You're, you are great at being mean to people on the Billy, internet. Your K-pop fan camps are kind of cool. I, I'm okay with those. The K-pop fans, they're where, they're where it's at. They're my, they're my homies. Please don't ever say that again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to be Alan. Um, you see how that worked out for him? You're about to throw your back out. I was about to throw my back out. You who doesn't even know what that means. Um, but yeah, so they're passing notes. Um, what do the notes say? Um, it's just like, hey, what should I wear to your party? How do you even know you're invited to the party? Corey asks if it's going to be a makeout party. But Mr. Feeney, he act, they make it seem like he misread it. I think he knows exactly what he says. Yeah. Because he says, will this be a makeup party? Which gets Corey razzed by the girl giving the party. To say, yes, Corey, you can borrow my lip gloss. Um, and then Corey's like, it's a make out party. Make out. And then Mr. Feeney's like, oh, so you're right. Or, so it is. Yeah. Right you are. It is a make make out party. Um, and then Sean, very, I thought very funny. I loved Sean in this episode. Yeah, Sean does a great job but throughout he's like, this whole episode. Not for him. Yeah. <laughs> Which, you know, is pretty good. Probably uh, fair. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we're establishing that there's a big party and that Corey there's wants Invitations to go. are uncertain. Yeah. Because the one girl's like, how do you even know you're invited? So not everybody's just invited. It's not a blanket invite. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Corey really wants to go. And he wants to make out with some ladies. He wants to make out with some babes, apparently. Like you do. You know, both of these both of these episodes center around parties for seventh graders. Blows my mind. Yeah, seventh grade parties. What are you gonna do? Go roller skating? I apparently that sounds, that sounds fun actually. Apparently you're gonna practice spin the bottle. <laughs> we'll get there. Yeah. I mean I'd go to a roller skating party. Uh, I would probably fall and die. 
actually, at this point. Yeah. I'm so tall. I have a you, long way to the ground. You do have a long way to the ground. I'm too lazy. I would, unless I can just stand around, I don't want to go to a party. You can play pinball, play the arcade games. Oh, yeah, at the, at the skating rink. One time I took Nolan to a birthday party that a co-worker was having for her kid, and the pinball machine was broken, and it just kept, like, I put a quarter in to play, and I even after I lost my three lives, it kept putting the ball back out, and so I just kept playing. Oh. It was wonderful. Man, that's the dream. Mm-hmm. That's the infinite dream. pinball. Uh, remember that old pinball game for Windows? That was great. That was so fun. That was also infinite. It was. It was infinite. I, I bet that's still on most Windows. Maybe I don't know. I don't know. Uh, let's all play the Windows pinball game. Yeah, and solitaire. And solitaire. Um, but you've got to do three card draw solitaire. None of this one, one card's card. too easy. It's cheating. Nonsense. Uh, anyway, <laughs> back to. This riveting episode. So much to say. So much to say. Let's get on with it. So they're in the hallway. They're in the hallway. Invitations are coming. It's a very dramatic scene. It is. I I laughed at it as the girl's going, giving out the invitations, and it's like kind of slow motion with dramatic music, and she gives it to someone. There's like exulting in it, and then she goes to give it to someone else and pulls it away, kind of laughing like not in your dreams, and the boy's just like devastated, like hands raised to the sky in frustration. Yeah. Yeah. And so she's just going and one blessing and smiting <laughs> blessing. the students in the seventh grade. The the one girl she does pass and doesn't give it to, and she like turns around and it's lunges. Like, Why? Yeah, just kind of almost like swiping her hands over her where she was. Yeah, like to try to grab her to get the invitation. Um, it, yeah, in both these episodes, they have a little bit of fun cinematography. Uh-huh. But um, yeah, so and then a a blessed invitation grazes in front of Corey, and he reaches out, waiting for it to be pulled away. And then he gets it. Never happens, and he he has it. And he's just certain by fate. Our fates are sealed. I am now cool. We are going to this party. We are gods in high school now. Yeah. Heads up, no seventh grader is a god in high school. That's very true. Um, And, you know, it's very much established. This is a big deal to Corey. It's not that big a deal to Sean. Though Sean is curious. Mm -hmm. Also, Harley Kiner, before this, was going to beat Corey up and just says he wants to punch him. Every time he sees him, he wants to punch him in the face. Right. But then then nerds who like chess. Those Those classic (laughs) nerds who like chess. I mean, chess and swallowing their rooks. For some reason. <laughs> because, you know, nerds. Uh, they come by and Harley's like, oh. It's my 11 o'clock. My 11 o'clock. Um, I will say, I noticed in this episode that the bullies are very well dressed. Mm-hmm. They are they are dapper gentlemen. Uh-huh. Uh, I feel like they make a joke later on that uh, Joey and Frankie don't dress all that well. But, that, I mean, this they episode... Definitely, be... They definitely have an aesthetic. Yeah. But I feel like it's kind of a counter culture to typical 90s fashion aesthetic. Yeah, but it's definitely much more timeless for us today. Today. I mean, Harley's hair notwithstanding, Uh of course. Yeah. And also, Frankie, they're kind of continuing this joke of Frankie mishearing, or be like, so what you're saying is, or are you saying... I don't think it's so much mishearing as like, oh, Frankie has these deep-seated issues. Yeah, he's very insecure or something. I'm glad this joke dies. Me too. (laughs) Um, yeah, he's like... Though they do kind I, of run with one of the things that he says. Yeah, but it, it's the one that makes the most sense. Yeah. So I guess it's implied that Frankie likes his sister, sure. Yeah, it's just weird, uncomfortable. Yeah, it's not It's not good. Um, but Joey is a good friend. No, I'm just saying I'm just saying you have a close family. And then he like goes to think, and Joey goes with him. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I feel like I, like I like Frankie and Joey's relationship. Yeah, I... 
kind of like all three bullies relationship yeah but those two in particular i feel like are just two like they're not great people no but they've got each other's backs and that's what counts in this world sometimes yeah and apparently they've been seniors multiple times okay apparently. um but yes so yeah cory and are for a while they stick with us for a while yes we we, we are going <laughs> to deduce the minimum age of them when they are graduate finally uh, when we get there. Oh dear. Um, um, yes. So there's that. It's um, not going to be as easy as it sounds. No. Uh, yeah. So Corey, it's a big deal to Corey, not a big deal to Sean, but Sean does want to know why he didn't get invited. The girl is terrible. Does not tell him. Uh, just that he wasn't invited. Yeah. Yeah. And then Corey's like, I'm going to fix it. And he goes to the phone. This is a funny joke. It actually. is actually very funny. He goes to the phone and Sean's like, who are you going to call? To fix this. And he's like, well, ordinarily I would call you. Yeah. So definitely establishing that Sean is the cool guy uh-huh. and Corey's the nerd, which I feel like their social status has been much more even up to this point. Uh-huh. It's very sudden. Yeah. Um, I, I, he kind Sean of, did make the A-team in basketball. He made the A-team in basketball. Pairing off, He's he. it establishes he's very popular with girls. I think he's just more confident mm-hmm. and like cool under pressure in a way that Corey clearly is not. Yeah. Well, I mean, spoilers for the end, but the whole point of the episode is cool people don't actually care about being cool like it it happens with Turner says it and Sean says it without saying it at the end Uh, and uh, even Alan mentions it yeah it's like you can't forget who your friends are which is kind of along those same lines but yeah like yeah so kind of the whole thing that it's trying to show is that Sean isn't really interested in like looking cool and that's what makes him so cool Mm -hmm. Um, so if you want to be cool don't try to be cool is kind of the yeah which isn't that's like nothing I feel like that's just very blanket advice it is. I, I don't think the emphasis in your life should be to be cool. Because I think you quickly realize that that is nothing. And, like, you can't do anything with that. Yeah. It's a very it's a very American fortune cookie lesson. It's, yeah, very nebulous. Yeah. Which, you know, if, if it was followed up by, a, like, be yourself lesson or something like that. Like, the things you like are cool. Uh-huh. But that is very much opposite of what it does when we get to the nerds. Yeah. Very much. But, I do like these nerds. They kind of won me over a little bit. Yeah, we'll get we'll get to that. We'll get there. So Corey's trying to process. Um, he is the next one. Him processing with a Turner. Or yeah, his he parents? processes with Turner next. Okay. Um, so he's talking to Turner in the cafeteria. They go out of their way to make Turner very cool. Yeah, in this he's scene. just like very approachable. Yeah. Um, in a way that Mr. Feeney's not. Yeah. He, giving like reasonable, easy to parse advice. Mm-hmm. In a way that we haven't really seen Mr. Feeney. Like Mr. Feeney always has to have like an object lesson. Mm-hmm. I feel like. And Turner just, like, plays it pretty straight. In both of these episodes, he kind of plays pretty straight with Corey. Yeah. I I feel like in this particular scene in the um, in the cafeteria well just to set the scene real quick the soda machine is jammed Turner kicks it to get Corey's soda for him kind of giving a Fonzie vibe off, vibe off a little bit um, they have a talk and what we've talked about is what they kind of talk about he plays it very straight with him I feel like I feel like they're kind of doing something a little bit subtle where they're trying to contrast the almost preachiness of a Feeney lesson with kind of a Socratic think for yourself 
mm-hmm. lesson. I, Turner I've, lesson. I feel like Turner was very Socratic here and like just asking him a bunch of questions, mm-hmm. like leading him, leading him, yeah, but letting him arrive there on his own. Yeah, um, uh, the Socratic method is a method of teaching through uh, self-realization where you ask people a bunch of questions. It can be very effective if done well, and it's probably not the best way to teach kids anyway. I mean, it can be in the right scenarios. Depends what you're talking about. Yeah, um, but in this scene, I think it works well. Yeah, he. I, he, I think he does a good job. Clearly, it doesn't stick with yeah. Corey. Um, so he gets advice from Turner. Because he's like, I want to go to this party, but Sean's not invited. It's like, well, what did Sean say? Well, he's cool with me going. Do you but, believe him? Yeah. And it's just like the very nature that you're having to ask this question. Yeah. Kind of shows that you know you're not doing the right thing by your friend. Um, so he just kind of points that out to him. Yeah. And then at the end, Corey kicks the soda machine and another can falls out. And he gets in trouble by Mr. Feeney. Uh, and then Mr. Feeney steals the soda. Steals the soda. He says, I'm taking this for evidence. Then like rips it open and uh, takes some drinks. Yeah. So he, he grips like, it and rips it. I feel like Feeney is just kind of like the boogeyman. Yeah. In the last few episodes. In the last few he He's just like the guy that's there to get you in trouble. It's like the good relationship that was kind of built between Corey and Feeney in the first season is sort of done away with to an extent. Yeah, it's often, not emphasized. Off and on in the first season. Yeah, but right now I think you're right. I think I think there is an alternate world. I'm having a weird sense of deja vu. Anyway, I think there's an alternate world where this was a show about the new cool teacher in school, the two troublemakers that he starts investing in, and the high-bound traditionalist uh, principal that he's always butting heads with. Like, I feel like someone really wanted to tell that story about Turner, and there is an alternate reality where Turner is the main character. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd probably watch that show. Yeah. Um, I mean, I am. I'm watching that show right now. Uh, we know that that relationship with Turner does not last. Mm-hmm. I mean, it lasts for... It lasts longer than Minkus does. Yeah, it lasts longer, but they do kind of put a pin in it eventually. Uh-huh. For sure. Um, but right now, they're definitely... Turner is basically one of the main characters. Yeah, for sure. Um, so. All right. So there's that. Then Corey's getting ready to go to the party, um, getting ready up there with Eric. And uh, it's just classic kind of boy thinking. He like gargles some mouthwash, then swallows it with the notion of, well, I got it on reserve. So if I burp, it's minty fresh because it's just right there. And then Eric's like, eh, it works when you think about it. When you think about it. Uh, I have a note every time I think Eric's dumb. And that was one, that of, was them. one of them. <laughs> Um, Eric is funny in this scene. Yeah, he's funny. He's just like, wow, I didn't realize how cool you were. Let me get a look at you. Yeah. Oh, you said you were cool. You did not say you were that cool. I'll have mom cut all the feet off your pajamas. You I, I think you're, you're ready. ready. <laughs> uh, just really, really giving Corey a hard time. Calls him Coolio Iglesias. <laughs> Coolio Iglesias. That's a good joke. Um, it's a nothing scene. He steals some of his cologne. Uh, it's called Rampaging Stallion. Rampaging Stallion. Which, in terms of cologne names, isn't that awesome. What honestly? If you if you use cologne, what do you use? Um, I think it's called Ocean. Ocean. Uh, I use a cologne called Gray Flannel. If I use one. Oh, all right. It is one of the few things that stuck from my father. Okay. My father also was a Gray Flannel. Well, look at you, user. Um, so I'm not particular. Definitely not Axe body spray though. There's something about the smell of Gray Flannel that I've just always enjoyed. Good for you. So I don't even own a bottle because I don't use cologne very often. But yeah, if I'm going to, that's my that's my go. To. Okay, so no rampaging stuff. But Corey leaves, goes down, talks to his parents because they're giving him a ride. Mm-hmm. Um, he kind of has the moment with his dad where he's like, "You can't just forget who your friends are, mm-hmm. like because you think you're cool."
cool. Like that's not what cool people do. Yeah, um, they're they're in shock that Sean isn't. Uh, that Sean isn't invited. They just they're not even buying into the thought that Corey is cool. Yeah, <laughs> they're like, wait, you were cool enough to get invited? Something's off here. Yeah. Um. And yeah. And Amy is just like she's just like, oh, Corey's gonna go do something social. Sean. Will Sean be there. will be there. Yeah. So, um, really good kind of subtle world building that these two don't do anything apart. Uh-huh. So then Corey gets to the party. The only girl there is the girl who's throwing the party, and then the nerds like Alvin and the blonde nerd whose name is Simon. We do like, learn that. Hey Alvin, hey Simon, and then you think, think. it'd be Theodore, Theodore. but it's Ubaldo. Ubaldo, yeah. Which, which I looked, I was like, Ubaldo, does that, is that Theodore? Is that like a rough translation to Theodore in another language? It's not. I was like, that'd be pretty meta. It just, it's just Ubaldo. Um, it's a nice name. I like it. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, they're all hanging out together and she's Just sulking. not having a good time. It brings up so many questions. If she yeah. knew this was going to happen, why throw the party at all? Yeah. I mean, she kind of says the process. Says her parents didn't want the cool boys to come because they didn't trust them. Yeah. And once the cool boys didn't come, the girls didn't want to come. And when the girls didn't want to come, the regular guys didn't want to come. And so all she was left with was like the geeks. Yeah. And it's like, even if that kind of happened quickly, you could just cancel the party. Yeah, you could you could cancel the party. I mean, if you knew that was going to happen the minute the cool guys were cut, you could could i mean you could realize that you knew that was going to happen so not do it i mean i feel like if she really is the coolest girl in seventh grade a lot of her friends are going to come mm-hmm. anyway it, it it is a weird setup it is a dumb yeah. setup i just realized melissa harrington that's the name of the girl she's just kind of the worst yeah uh, i do enjoy the scene where Corey's like well i'm not parentally acceptable i'm dangerous and like goes to like, try to kiss her. her really close and she's like Corey, what are you doing i mean to be fair she seems in do it she's like oh this guy could surprise me and actually end up being cool <laughs> and then he's like i i have no idea what i'm doing yeah he's so in over his head um which next episode will show us it's not actually true yeah. Corey knows exactly what he's doing oh <laughs> anyway we have to be quiet with our howling because the next episode we want to howl a lot but my wife is asleep <laughs> i couldn't help it there um i feel like that was a good volume oh good um so yeah it i do enjoy that part i just think it's funny um and then a really bad part happens like there's a bug in the d- in the dip and she's just like i know i put it there which is what come on what's this girl's problem i I know what her problem is she's bummed her party didn't really happen but then she just bails on it she hears about a cooler party from a friend and so she just leaves says when the chips are gone party's over yeah and then leaves yep leaves strangers in her house um I guess but their parents are there. Yeah, and they're all safe strangers. None of them are bad boy strangers. Mm-hmm. You can trust them. Yeah, the the geeks are kind of weirdly portrayed. Like when the other girl comes up, they're like, "Girl, it's a girl." Yeah, really oddly. And then Melissa Harrington's like, "Get back! She's not for you." Yeah, it's just it's so weird. It it's a weird portrayal of nerds. It's a weird weird portrayal of quote unquote mean girls and just kind of like high school life. Yeah, um, I do enjoy when Corey goes over to the geeks. And they like we like hanging together. Like yeah, like we're friends and we like each other. Yeah, and so that's what matters. Instantly, they became cooler than most people, though not cooler than Sean because Sean has moments just like this throughout this entire episode. Uh-huh. Sean is wonderful. Yeah, Sean really is. He's cool. Quite cool. <laughs> I was trying to say that as lame as I could. You you succeeded. Good uh, job. They're practicing spin the bottle just in case they ever... Just in case girls come and they're ready. <laughs> just in case they're ready. And then they give their whole speech about friendship and Corey leaves to go find Sean. Mm-hmm. So he goes somewhere we've been waiting for. 
Yes, we. I did not realize we had to wait five episodes to get into it. Yeah, and a whole season. Yeah. A whole season and five episodes. Well, I knew it wasn't in episode. Yeah. Season but we finally arrive at Chubby's, kind of the basement restaurant ultimate hangout spot yeah. of Boy Meets World. They finally have another set. Yes, they did. Their budget was there, I guess. But two new sets in this one. Melissa's basement. Oh, yeah. Which I feel like is anytime they go to a party, you see that basement set. I can think of at least two other times where you see that basement uh-huh. set. So Missy Robinson's house. Yeah, Missy Robinson's house is that same set. Um, and there's one more that I'm struggling to... We'll get there when we get there. Yeah. We don't need to worry about it too much. But, yeah, they... Uh, that. He goes to Chubby's. Runs um, into Turner. Runs into Turner. Again, Turner's wearing very, like, again, very Fonzie dressed with jeans, a white t-shirt, and a, and a leather, leather jacket. jacket. I mean, he's, in case he needs to go into a controlled slide while he's riding his hog. It's true. He's got to have that leather jacket. It's it's a good look, and Turner looks cool. That's, that's a classic, because he's got kind of the longer hair with the yeah. earring. Turner's cool. That, and then that's what they're... I, I, I do think there's this meta, like, Turner is the coolest guy in this show, and he cares so little about what people think of him. He'll, like, yell, Hey, everybody, turn in your homework. Yeah, like... <laughs> He, he he just does what he wants, and that's what makes Turner cool. Uh-huh. Um, I do like the line when Corey goes, I made the wrong choice. I could have told you that. <laughs> like, no duh. Uh, um, but also, showing a cool side of Turner, where, like, let the kids learn from their own mistakes. Uh-huh. Like that's going to be a more valuable. Life is a better teacher in moments like that than getting a talk. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then Sean is in the middle of the party. Of course. Corey goes over. Sean comes over and talks to him. Corey loudly announces to the whole restaurant, I'm a geek. And then everyone like stops and looks at him. And he's like, oh, like you didn't know. Yeah. And yeah. Um, they have kind of a conversation. Sean's like, am I friends with a geek? Like, would I hang out with a geek? Um, and he's like, no, you wouldn't. He says, so you're not saying, so you're saying I'm, uh, you wouldn't say I'm a geek? He's like, I would never say that. It's like, so you'd say I'm cool? I would never say that. Yeah. Because Sean doesn't care if someone is cool or a geek. Yeah. He just, you're his friend. I mean, he says it. You're Corey. I'm Sean. That's all there really is to it. That's all that matters. Uh-huh. Um, very much anti-Eric in the last couple of episodes and Corey in this episode. is like, the status doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Like, you're Corey. I'm Sean. That's the way it's been. That's the way it's always going to be. If you're cool, if I'm cool. Who cares? Who cares? Because even when at the end, Corey's like, but the cool party's here. Like, everybody's around you. And then Sean's just like, then let's bail. Well, the real reason I think he wanted to bail is because the gravy with the chili. Just it's not good. It wasn't as good as he <laughs> He's thought. He's like, I got chili cheese fries with extra gravy. Turns out it was a bad idea <laughs> to ask for that. Yeah. He's like, I actually and I don't want to pay for it. So I'm going to stick someone else with the bill. Yeah, exactly. And, and the reason he... He invited Corey to eat them because he wanted someone to eat them for him. This is my new <laughs> this is my new headcanon. Chili cheese fries with extra gravy. Whatever the heck that is. If you know what that is, you're like, actually, this is what he's talking about. Let us know. Maybe it's really good. Yeah. Maybe chili is gravy. Who knows? Um, and yeah, uh, there's a, the, I think the last thing we should probably cover is there's uh, the bullies are here. Uh, Harley gets three billion or something. On pinball. And it's like, very impressive. Carve my initials into that kid. Very violent. I think he said heads. So maybe I was thinking like a haircut. Oh, that could be. That, that's much better. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt on that one. But uh, Frankie's like, you're saying I like so- to write poetry? Like write poetry, which he does. Yeah, eventually. Each season does. he does. But uh, Joey being like, oh, I would love to read some. What is it, sonnets? Uh-huh. 
<laughs> Again, being incredibly supportive yeah. of his friend. And uh, We could learn a thing or two from Joey the Rat. And Harley says, I need some better adjusted guys. <laughs> okay. I mean, maybe. I mean, Frankie's like your enforcer. Yeah. And he's very emotionally volatile. <laughs> Can't really depend on him in the clutch. Yeah. But I mean, that's the episode. Yeah, that, I mean, that's it. That is what it is. All right. There's not much to say. Yeah. I guess let's rate it. Yeah. What did you rate it? Um, this episode sucks. <laughs> Um, the the stuff the, Sean is the only well Sean and kind of Turner it, Sean is the only light in this episode the stuff with the parents this got a few moments stuff with Corey it's so out of place got a few moments like I said I like the joke when he grabs Melissa and says that he's so, in, so far over his head I think that's funny but this episode sucks the party sucks the treatment of the nurse sucks the setup sucks chili cheese fries with extra gravy it sounds like it sucks <laughs> Yeah, chili cheese fries with extra gravy. I've got six out of ten written down. I think I'm dropping into a five out of ten. I gave it a five and a half. So, I'm dropping it to a five out of ten. Wow, this is I think our lowest rated episode, lower than Boys to Men. So I, we also ranked Boys to Men so very high. Yeah, I would probably watch this over the worst of season one, but I would watch this over kind of the middle of season one even. Yeah, probably. But we've we've had such a strong start to the season, and it's not even the heights that it's gonna reach. Mm-hmm. Like this episode just sucks. Yeah, I don't feel like the setup, at least of the A plot, has to be this bad. Yeah, the B plot could just go die in a hole. Yeah, just just throw some dirt on it and go on a cruise. It's dead. It's yeah, done. One hundred percent. We can go on a cruise. Just leave that B plot gone. And the A plot, you know, it has some potential. Uh-huh. But it just doesn't go anywhere. Yeah, yeah. but Corey's not likable in it. Melissa's not likable in it. The nerds are treated so badly for no reason. Mm-hmm. Like, they do get that, that statement about friendship, and they're trying to say something about cool being relative because within the their own circles, they think of each of each other is cool. So it's trying to say something. It the only way it's the only thing it succeeds in saying is Sean is a really good friend to Corey. Yeah, at the end I was just like, Sean is cool. Yeah, he's like the definition of cool. Yeah. So um, I, I I I gave it a five. You gave it five point five. I think we can both agree, Sean MVP. Sean is the MVP. Absolutely. Yeah. What did you name it? Uh, I did uh, Boy Meets Geek Party. And I said Boy Meets the Geek Party. So okay, what Same. should we do? This is Geek Party. Yeah, geek I think it's fun. it's cleaner. <laughs> Leave out the the. It's cleaner. Thank you, Justin Timberlake, also Lorelai Gilmore. Yeah, uh, thank you for that joke. Um, I guess Timberlake did it first. Yeah, it was a reference to... To the, the Facebook movie. The social network, yeah. Not a good movie. I did not enjoy it. I, it's been so long since I've seen it, but I don't remember It was all just bad people doing bad things. Yeah. There was no one to cheer for. It's not a lot of fun. Mark Zuckerberg, me. You know, you know what kind of sucks about this episode? What? We're going to have to revisit this episode in Girl Meets World. We are? Yeah, there's a direct reference... To this episode. Does Corey's back get thrown out and Topanga wears a... No, that doesn't happen. No. This was Disney Channel. <laughs> no, but this almost this exact same setup happens and they call back to this episode all the time. Oh, um, that's true. When, but she redefines herself as a Harajuku girl. Yeah. I feel like it has better things to say than this episode does. Maybe, but why have all the episodes that we need to revisit? Why couldn't we revisit the episode we're about to talk about? <laughs> yes, exactly. Or I would rather revisit Desiree than... <laughs> Then revisit these episodes. <laughs> Man, I wonder if she just wasn't available to come back. 
um, for the Curl Meets World. I don't, I don't have any idea. But yeah, that's this episode. Take with it what you will. Okay. Maybe you enjoyed it a lot more than we did. Let us know. Yeah. But so, this episode sucks. So we're going to move on then to the next episode, which is episode uh, 206. Who's afraid of Cory Wolf? That's my synopsis now. Yep, you've this got is the easy synopsis. synopsis. Cory thinks he's bitten by a wolf and is turning into a werewolf. High jinks ensue. High jinks ensue. Um, there's a lot of howling. Yeah, there's a lot of howling. Which I've already said we're not gonna howl a lot Ow. because my wife is asleep. Yeah. Oh. That's about it. Cameron's wife works nights. She's not just asleep for no reason. Yeah. She has a weird sleep schedule. Anyway, um, we start the entire thing with a the very thing I told you we could not do for our season one. Like a journal. A journal entry voiceover. Uh-huh. Corey's there furiously writing at his desk with a feather quill. With a feather quill, which I've never realized before. He took the feather from his mom's duster. Uh-huh. He like rips the duster apart. Yeah. He's using the feather duster as... I don't feel like a feather duster is an effective cleaning tool, so you're welcome, Amy. <laughs> yes. Go get yourself some microfiber or like a Swiffer. I think those are out even then. Sure. So there's there's a lot better things to do than a feather duster. That's not going to do anything but flip the dust into the air. I feel, I feel I feel like that's true. You're welcome, Amy. Corey did you a favor. He did you a favor. He we start the whole thing with a a meta joke um, where he says not eight or today tonight at nine o'clock <laughs> eight central. central. Yeah. I'm curious um, if that was the time, yeah, like the show came on. Oh, sure, ABC. Surely it was. I mean, how could it not be? Yeah. Um, so starting off, if you've never seen this before, this is the most Buck Wild episode of Boy Meets World that exists. There's maybe, maybe one other that gives it a run for its money in season five, but this one is just so completely nonsensical. It is so completely outside of everything that the show has ever done or ever will do, and I love it for it. Yes. But also, I am just so confounded by it. Yeah, I, um, Cameron and I have talked about this in the past, that I forget this episode exists until it comes up. And I laugh a lot at this episode. Uh-huh. But I don't know if it's a good episode. Yeah, we're going to have to talk about <laughs> our rating. And maybe it'll just come to us as we talk about it. Yeah, because this is I don't is think a, I have anything bad to say. I Well, I, I have a couple of bad things I, to say. I don't know. I have a couple of bad things to say. But I don't know how I feel about this episode. It is ludicrous. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, not the rapper. It is the idea. Luda. It is ludicrous. Um, maybe in good ways? Maybe in bad ways? I don't ludicrous know. can be good. Yeah. Um, but it's it just starts off so silly with him howling at his mom. Like, you don't even know why uh-huh. at this point. He just, she's like, what did you do to my duster? And he's just, ow. <laughs> Like, what are you doing, Corey? Um, yeah. Cool. So that's like the beginning part, like the cold open. Which I guess there's cold opens in this because it's hard to know because the intro is always right at the beginning. Yeah. And it's like three seconds long and then right into the episode, which I appreciate. Um, and it's always a different guitar riff, which yeah. I don't think I ever Sometimes noticed. it's the same, but sometimes it's different. Yeah. But I like it. I like it always. It's very rocking. Yeah. Well, almost immediately we get my favorite joke of the episode. Where Sean comes in. Yes. Yeah. Sean comes in. It's Halloween. This is our Halloween episode. Going to a party, and Sean is dressed as who? As Corey. Gee, Sean, I wish I was as cool as you. <laughs> He's like, let me give you a hint who I am. And he says that, and then Corey's like, I haven't the slightest idea who you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, Corey's being so over the top <laughs> and so dramatic, and Sean's outfit is so funny. So funny. It's literally the exact same thing Corey's wearing yeah. at that moment. Kind of 
open blue denim shirt with a red kind of Henley button-up t-shirt underneath. Yeah, yeah, and uh, he's got a curly-haired wig wig on, um, which is just sitting on top of his hair. Yeah, because he pulls it off. Yeah. And it's just like, it's almost like it wasn't even there. Um, I guess they have the hair that's the same color, so it's fairly uh-huh. easy to do. Yeah, but then Corey's like freaking out about something, saying he's like, does he mention he's turning into a werewolf yet? Um, I don't think he tells Sean just yet. Yeah, he's just saying, like, Topanga can't come. Because Sean's like, Topanga's coming over. We're going to the Halloween party at 9. Mm-hmm. And then Corey's like, I told her not to come. I told her it would, I can't control the dark urges. <laughs> and something terrible will happen. And then Sean eventually is just like, Corey, you can't fool your best friend. Something is bothering you. Yeah, and Corey's <laughs> like, I'm one of the undead creatures of the night. Are werewolves considered undead? I don't think so. Okay, I didn't think so either. But <laughs> Corey doesn't know a lot about werewolves. No. Is what we'll just say from this episode. I, yeah, it's... It, and then the whole episode is a... Is a flashback. It's a flashback. Yeah, and they flashback to... Um, it, 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 the first flashback is Corey taking out the trash. And Feeney, acting very strange in my opinion, it's like, don't take out that trash. There's a wolf on the loose. A uh, wolf escapes from the zoo. Yeah. Um, which I feel like Feeney is smarter than to believe. Yeah, this whole thing. <laughs> Feeney is just very weird because then they're like, the wolf came to the suburbs? And the Feeney's like, yes, probably was just looking for better schools. This joke is bad, guys. <laughs> yeah, it's just not. It's, it's just like, what? But this, this is Feeney. Maybe a borderline racist joke. <laughs> oh, it certainly is. <laughs> Um, it's not good. Mr. Feeney, no. This is bad. I mean, I feel like the whole thing, like, we're looking for better schools is in itself just, like, coded language for wider schools. Yeah, I definitely. And, like, less inner city schools. Mm-hmm. Less. Which are typically more students of color. Yeah. So, this is bad. This is, it's real bad. Um, the, oh, George. I, I said out loud, that was a bad joke. He did. Um, he watched these ones in my presence. It's true. I already watched them, so I watched them again. Um, so yeah, and there's a weird through line of people believing ludicrous stuff in uh-huh. this, in this episode. Cause then he goes, Which, I mean, it's 2020. I think that that shows as the most true part of the entire thing. Yes. Yes. I mean, it feels like every day something new is coming out. That's ridiculous that people believe. Yeah. Masks like are old trying em- to train us to wear hijabs. My old employer is trafficking children through expensive cabinetry yeah we're, we need to be canceled because uh cameron is part of he's the word for wayfair yeah he's part of the sex trafficking ring so we're canceled sorry no wayfair is not trafficking children that is not a thing no not even a thing but yeah it's a weird it's weird it's just like what because alan's looking through soda cans because he heard a rumor that someone stole some rings from a jewelry store and stashed them in five cans of soda and so he's shaking them and listening to them and is this a nationwide thing how'd they get them in the soda can because uh, later Feeney even seems to like yeah. be in on it and Madame Dispin I wrote her name down uh, Dosmanskaya Dosmanskaya Osmanskaya Osmanskaya something even she's doing it and it's just like what is what is happening here yeah it's all ridiculous um yeah the, the parents are acting ludicrous and but Amy the voice of reason is saying like oh your father who can determine what is real and what is not yeah yeah she is is looking for a ring and a soda and he's like three carrots she's, she's like, like oh and she picks up a can and kind of shakes it around it's like what Ugh. what adults very very good portrayal of adults actually yeah and um um, then we get, and Sean. Well, we see 
Corey is out as he's taking out the trash. Right. And something, something bites him. Yeah, something bites. Um, so he said. Yeah. And again, flashing back to uh, the last podcast episode we recorded, he thinks it's Eric and a girl and starts getting closer. He's like, Eric? Eric? Is that you? Why? Eric and a girl? Why does Corey... I'm not going there. Yes. See, Let's see just stop. He's always, he's always spying on his brother. Oh, yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah, he gets bitten by something and then... Sean, it cuts back forward and Sean goes, you really think you're turning into a werewolf? He's like, I didn't until the next morning. And this is when we learn that the whole werewolf thing is a metaphor, sort of. For puberty? For puberty. Particularly body hair. Uh, but well, body sort hair of and urges. Urges and... and wondering what the water temperature is on Baywatch. Yeah. <laughs> Just shaking my head. I don't know what they're trying to get at here. Like, I don't know what... Yeah, it's just, it's a very poor comparison to masculinity. Masculinity, puberty, like, and, and sometimes it's, it's Corey actually believing he's a werewolf. And how does everyone in Corey's life know that when he's talking about being a werewolf, he's really talking about becoming a man? Like, characters are both really stupid and way too insightful. Far too insightful. In this episode, this is the negative that I was talking about that I had. It's just like, I don't get it. Uh I don't know what's happening. I don't necessarily understand. Uh Maybe, because again, this is all being told from Corey's perspective. Maybe he was on cold medicine during this No, it's being told from his perspective. So he's making it seem like nobody's listening to me. Like, how could they not see what's happening? Like, in reality, this probably didn't just spring up right then. Yeah. It's just... Corey has a tendency to over-dramatize things. And so he's, in his mind, thinking this is suddenly happening when it hasn't been. It isn't suddenly happening. It's been happening. Yeah. Because it's not like suddenly there's a switch. And it's like, now you're a man. It's like, over time. Yeah. The most believable part of this whole episode is Eric messing with Corey. Uh-huh. Certainly. <laughs> that That's pretty funny. Um him saying like or that's one ex and then he gives him like a, a tabloid just yeah the tabloid about the werewolf boy yeah suddenly there's lightning flashing yeah th- this is what i was saying about them trying some some fun cinematic things because uh-huh. they like keep zooming in on cory with lightning and, lightning and his face lights up and, and music cues and, mm-hmm. it's wonderful in yeah. that respect yeah they're trying something uh-huh. and then he is talking to sean again mm-hmm. and they go and he's like he leaves without lunch so he goes to an ice cream stop shop for lunch which apparently they have off-campus lunch apparently sure like i said i had off-campus lunch in seventh grade so surely that's a lot of kids to keep track of especially young kids like <laughs> i could see off-campus lunch for older students yeah but like seventh graders i don't know yeah well i had it but i also and lived in the town cafeteria of, a lot yeah yeah i i, I had a town of six thousand people so it wasn't quite philadelphia not quite it's only barely more than this school yeah um but apparently the entire seventh grade class like 12 15 students none of the math adds up no because we've got another problem that we're 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 right around the corner of but i I don't want to get there just yet in this episode yes okay um it's at the end of this scene but he he there it's an occult themed ice Ice cream parlor It's Halloween, so maybe they're not always, but they changed it a little bit. Yeah, may, yeah, maybe the sign has changed uh-huh. to that. Um, which blood and guts together sounds really good. Yeah, it's a, we have blood, which is sort of like strawberry. And yeah, we have guts, which is pretty much chocolate. And what's the other one? It's like severed intestines. Yeah, and... severed intestines. He doesn't recommend that. He doesn't, doesn't recommend that. He's like, can I get blood and guts? Many people do. <laughs> um, a weird kind of I don't know gypsy esque. Yeah, the actor's name is Don. 
Kalfa. He was like a big kind of horror movie actor. Okay. So he did a lot of sort of like, especially like gory sort of creep out horror movies. I, I, he did seem a little familiar. He's got that vibe. Um, but he he's like, he of course, there's something about being a werewolf, but werewolves aren't real. Or no, the TV says something about a werewolf. And of course, mm-hmm. like, well, werewolves aren't real. And he's like, well, there are things and, and there, there are, are things. things. Um, and then basically he gets Corey to pay him five bucks and he takes him to see a fortune teller in the back played by Phyllis Diller. Who is that? She's just another um, actress. I can't think of anything. She looks familiar. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, she's pretty famous. She died several years ago. Oh, but, sad. Rest in um, peace, Phyllis Diller. Yeah. I hope you're not undead. Or maybe I do. I don't know. Maybe you're, you're vibing with that. I hope not. Um... I'm just going to say I hope not. <laughs> I hope you're thriving the best way you can, whether life or on death. Or death, <laughs> death or on death. death. <laughs> one, one of the two. One of the two. Anyway, um, she's she's very funny. Uh-huh. She's like, I enjoy her. Talking through the things with Corey, telling him he's going to develop these. Yeah, the appetite like, of a wolf. Uh-huh, appetite of a wolf. He's going to say, there's like three signs. Yeah, the pentagram will appear in his hand. Uh-huh, you're going to acquire a taste for things you've never mm-hmm. had before. He's like, say it's not heavy cheese <laughs> sure okay <laughs> um yeah um and then he's like i don't know about all this and she's like you're going to doubt someone who is licensed by the state and she like points over and has like a licensure yeah she's she, she's a licensed fortune teller i guess yeah um it it's really weird because she's like insightful but not insightful and it goes back and forth and i don't know i don't know what the joke there is but it's funny she's like Oh, you're becoming a werewolf, which is exactly the thing he's afraid of. And then she's like, and you're getting divorced. He's like, what? She's like, you're not Billy Joel. <laughs> and he's like, no. She's like, oh, well, then you're just a wolf. <laughs> um, oh, whoops. And then he, she's like, but and there's something even more terrible, but I can't tell you that. And he's like, what about for five more bucks? She's like, I feel chatty. <laughs> she's very much uh, trying to pull one over on him. Yeah. I mean, she gets but the she, wolf right. She does it. I feel like he mentioned werewolf to the ice cream guy, and an ice cream guy told her before. Yeah, maybe, so. maybe that is it. And she's like, you will kill the one woman who cares about you. Mm-hmm. And She was off by a couple letters on that one. What? You'll see. Okay. But yeah, so he that's what, that's what his thing is. So he's like, I don't believe anything you're saying. And now we get the problem. Uh-huh. Immediately after lunch, he has English again. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> they start they, lunch, they start the day in English. They have English before lunch, English after lunch, and English at the end of the day. That's it, four English classes. This is episode six, and they go to English class at four different four distinct times. times. Maybe, just maybe, this is sort of a Hogwarts model, where it's like, on Monday, we go to Transfiguration in the morning, and Charms in the afternoon. On Friday, we have double potions, where we have two back-to-back, and we spend extra time. Maybe they have, a like, a schedule like that, where not every day is exactly the same, but it's every week is the same. Or, it's just a hot mess, and they only have one classroom. Well, two classrooms, because you have Mr. Feeney, but it's funnier for him to have this exchange with Turner yeah. than with Mr. Feeney. Yeah. Um, also, if you're going to be 40 minutes minutes late to your class why do you go in That's for the last question. 10 minutes how, and how did you do it in the first place you weren't at this place 40 minutes you had to have been 10 minutes late when you got here mm-hmm. um yeah i don't know <laughs> uh i think i think for the boy meets world fever canon 
their classes have to rotate when they have them every day. It's the, I think that's the only way to do it. I think it's the only way to make sense. Because it's we, impossible. We were already having a big enough problem last week when he had three English classes. And now there's a fourth. There's a fourth English class. Yes, yeah, so they have a very interesting experimental schedule, which Mr. Feeney hates. Yes, I think Mr. Feeney definitely has to hate it. Mm-hmm. But um, it was already set in place before he started on that first day. And uh, yeah, it's just it's just a mess. Yeah. He doesn't like it, but it is what it is. So this is, this is a preview for when we do these hoops for the timeline later. But from now on, we're just assuming they have English at different times on different days. Also, in the last episode, we realized Alan was 40, mm-hmm. so we could calculate more accurately how old he was when he saw like the space shuttle launch Ooh. with his mom. We could also calculate how old he was when Eric was born, because if Eric is 16 right now, that would have put him at 24. Mm-hmm. Um, we also, in this this episode, yeah, Turner says that Corey is 13. Well, Corey says I was, or Turner says I was 13 once. Saying Corey's around 13. Mm-hmm. I did. I, I did. guess I often, with my students, I'll be like, I hang around 11-year-olds all day. Because that's typically the age that they are in fifth grade. Mm-hmm. But then I always have a few wise booties kids um, yeah. that are like, I'm, I'm 12. 12 or I'm 10. Yeah. They're not usually not 11. Sometimes there's a 13-year-old that's in there. Yeah, and most of the time you you do your, you consider grades by what age you turn. Like when you're a sophomore, you're 16. When you're a junior, you're 17. When you're a senior, you're 18. And that doesn't work for everybody. Mm-hmm. But it's just, it just, just generally people. flows that way. Yeah. I, cause I wrote that down too. I was like, I was Corey. 13 I was like well he's not he's not saying that yeah so that's not official but um Um, yes but then in that time he's trying to pass a note to Sean ends up eating the note to try to keep Turner from reading it um and then he remembers she said you'll develop a taste for things you've never eaten before because apparently he really likes this that's kind of the implication implication he's like "Mm, this is actually pretty good Um, and then he holds Mr. Turner's keys for a second and gets the imprint of the pentagon in his hand and he's like pentagon or pentagram and then he has in his voice same difference yeah uh real quick just um before they're now reading lord of the flies it's true we'll add that one to our reading list (laughs) yes um so they have read so many big books yeah is this five Uh, big books in six episodes because the last episode we didn't have a book. No. So we've got Grapes of Wrath, The, yeah, Odyssey, the Odyssey, Tom Jones. Tom Jones. We have Scarlet Letter. Scarlet Letter. And now, and now Lord of the Flies. Lord of the Flies. And it's October. End of October at least. <laughs> End of October. So they have they have read these five books in two months. They must all be very smart. <laughs> they must be. Um, so Lord of the Flies. But yeah, so he gets the octagon in his... Pentagon. Oh yeah. The octagon. Yeah, the octagon. <laughs> Chances a big MMA fan. He's got the octagon on his mind all the time. It's true. Uh, the octagon is a uh, is a book fixture at Barnes and Noble as well. So the big table in the middle. Oh, yeah, in the middle. The, it's, a, it's a nice big table. MMA. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, Corey then runs out of the room, and the final one comes true. Mm-hmm. He bumps into Topanga, who looks great. By yeah, the way. where is she? Why, she wasn't in the last episode. She wasn't in the two episodes before that. Mm-hmm. I've missed her. I have too. And, and here she is. Something about her in the scene, though, I was like, that's why every guy had a crush on Topanga, who's our age. She just had a good look. Yeah, it was a good. It was a good, like, clean look classic sort of timeless almost yeah so she looks great and she says it's not that i don't care about you it's like you're gonna kill the one woman the woman who cares about you the most yeah he remembers that and then so he runs off bumps into mr feeney um, and then mr feeney says no running in the hallway we're not animals to which Corey responds oh, oh. 
know. It's so wonderful. Uh, um, so then we cut back to Corey's room. Yeah, Corey's talking Sean. with Sean, like explaining more to him. And he's like, you're the only one that knows about this. At which point Eric comes up with like a dog bowl with food and water and he sets it down. And which he gives a howl. Which they don't have a dog. So. Yeah, so he must he went and bought that dog bowl. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah, then he howls and... Does a much better howl than Corey. It's true. But Corey howls back. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and then Sean starts stealing things because Corey doesn't need it. Uh-huh. Or he's like, can I have your Lenny Dykstra signed baseball? And he's like, no, I can still play fetch. Yeah. But he starts stealing other things. Uh-huh. Um, which is very funny. Yeah, because we do one last flashback kind of in between mm-hmm. these where... Um, oh, that's right. Him and the family. Him and the family where Alan is talking to him. Like, oh, and Madame Ospinskaya. He goes back to oh, her. He goes back to her and she's like, I was right. <laughs> can you can you provide me a reference? Yeah. Can I use, can I <laughs> use you as a reference? reference? And uh, and she's like, well, why haven't you why haven't you killed the girl who cares about you yet? <laughs> like, like, you why are you done, egging this on? You should have done this. <laughs> Uh, and she's like, ah, you can't do it until the moon's full. Yeah, which just happens according to USA Today at exactly 9 o'clock tonight. Yep. Which is not how full moons work. Yeah, that's not. Mm, yeah, <laughs> you're right. But it's funny. It is. It's very funny. And he's like, oh no. And then he learns he's got to get a bullet, a silver bullet. Silver bullet through the heart. Fired by that. someone who loves him. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> he's talking to his parents and he's like, did you get the things I asked for? And Amy's like, wolf's bane, silver bullets, gun. Oh shoot. The lady in front of me got the last gun. <laughs> <laughs> Just how they play along with it. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. And uh, oh, Morgan's dressed up as a devil. Uh-huh. Need, uh, she she looks very cute. She, she is. She's a very cute devil. Has the penciled in like goatee yeah. and eyebrows and mustache. Yeah. Like um, the devil does, you know. And uh, Amy goes, that a costume is so you. <laughs> Which is funny because she's been a non-presence. Yeah, she's been a non-presence since halfway through season one. Uh-huh. Um, it's like we get maybe a glimpse of her every mm-hmm. few episodes. Yeah. And, you know, the last time we saw her, she was just going, weenie. It, it says, says weenie. I can read. Yeah, I can read. Which is a delight. Yeah. But it, it, nothing. It might as well not be there. Let's be honest. Uh, when when it's not there here soon, we're not even going to notice. Yeah. Um, I miss early Morgan. But I get it. Like, yeah. I respect. I respect it. Um, but, yeah, so they're playing along. And Alan's like, I think this is a guy problem. Again, bringing up this this puberty parallel. It's like everybody knows that that's what it is. Yeah. Corey just thinks he's a werewolf because he's going through puberty. You know, like you do. Yeah, every, every guy goes through this. Um, so he's talking to him. He's like, son, do you know what hormones are? He's like, maybe you can take... Like, you, can we melt this silver picture frame down? I get five or six bullets out of this. And he's like, do you know what raging hormones are? <laughs> Yeah, and he's like, maybe you could just throw it real hard in my chest. Uh-huh. And he's like, you're becoming a man. And he's like, I'm not becoming a man. I'm becoming man's best friend. Yeah. And I mean, to, to be fair, Alan doesn't shoot him down. Maybe he should. Uh-huh, definitely should. But he goes to get him a razor. He's like, you know how when you were little and we would pretend to shave? I think it's maybe time that you do that for real. Yeah, which Corey probably doesn't actually need to. But... No, certainly not. Um, but then Corey looks in the mirror while Alan's going to get the razor and like imagines himself transformed yeah. into a wolf man. werewolf-ish figure. Sure. And he runs upstairs and now we're caught up with the beginning um, of the episode. Yes. So he finishes writing his like last will and testament sort of yeah. account of everything that happened. And with our second favorite joke uh-huh. in the episode, Where I'm assuming. Yes. Uh, Corey A.O. Matthews. What's the A.O. stand for? Ah, uh, ooh. <laughs> 
Uh, which is <laughs> yes, it's it, it's a good joke. This is why this episode is so it's so weird. It, it I go both ways. Yeah, it's, it's like I want to rate it a perfect ten, but I also don't even know what to do with it. <laughs> yeah, I I don't think there's a part of me that wants to rate it a zero, but there's a part of me that like wants to rate it like a three. But then there's also a part of me that's like, when this episode is funny, it is a very funny. Yeah, we'll get to that <laughs> in the rating portion. Yeah. Um, which we almost are. We're almost there. Um, but then Topanga comes up dressed as a damsel. But not the in distress kind. Not the in distress kind. She's very together, certain of what she wants, and is going for it. And she's in charge of her own destiny. Mm-hmm. Which is a classic Topanga thing. Yeah. Uh, still, And she looks a lot more like season one Topanga because they've like really curled her hair. Uh-huh. Kind of wearing poofier clothes. Yeah. Like frilly, which I feel like she had more frills. Not like a, not like a um, Desiree, Amerlin, um, <laughs> Dolan, Beaumont, Hollinger Beaumont. Not that sort of Southern Belle sort of Scarlett O'Hara look. But I feel like she always had some ruffles going on. Um, She also, she looks great, which Corey points out. Mm-hmm. Um, and she, he's like, Sean, you can't leave me alone with Panga, which he immediately leaves. He immediately does, and howls. Yeah, and howls better than Corey. Yeah, maybe it's just because the frequency of Corey's makes it like, eh. But for them, for him and Eric, it's very unexpected. Yeah, and so they just do a good job, and they only get to do it the once in the episodes. They just really let loose as actors. Yeah, absolutely, one hundred percent. And yeah, and they have a. It strikes nine, and Corey's like, now you see me. You see me as this monster, which now they're leaning really really heavily into the metaphor that he is a monster he can't control his urges like he's you know that's right he's growing hideous they're leaning very heavily into the metaphor and Topanga basically reassures him like no you're the same guy I've always known since I was three so yeah. at that moment, according to Panga, have known, each, known other. each other since they were three. Since they were three, yeah, um, yeah, that, that's, a, that's a good bit of a, a timeline. Um, and he's and she's like, no, you're you're Corey. Like this is who you are. Which is kind of saying like puberty isn't going to change who you are. It's just going to change some things about you, mm-hmm. something like how you look. Yeah, and he goes, I'm not a wolf. I'm not a wolf. I'm not a wolf. I'm not a wolf. And then he and Topanga just make out. Yeah, he just plants one on her. I feel like this should be a bigger deal, uh-huh. but he, yeah, nothing seems to come of it. No, like we talked about it in the pairing off episode, but it's like she's just okay making out with him apparently, um, and he yeah, so he plants one on her. It's a very long kiss for like mm-hmm. this young, and then she goes, "Yes, you are," like saying he's a wolf. <laughs> yes, yeah, so that's why I'm saying that Madame Usmanskaya was only off by two letters. Because he didn't kill her, he kissed her. Oh, okay. So she's not perfect. Yeah, yeah, okay, I get you. I get you. And yeah, and then they, they start making out again. And that's... That's the episode. Well, there's the stinger at the end real quick. Oh, yes, where we... Um, Corey's throwing out a bunch of soda cans because his parents were looking for a diamond ring. And then Mr. Feeney reveals, oh, the wolf actually never left the zoo. It was in the bird house. Yeah. Eating a cockatoo when they found it. Um, and then he's like, well, then what was it that bit me? And he sees rustling in the bushes. Turns out it was a rabbit. Mm-hmm. It's a rabbit that bit him. Yeah, it was a rabbit that bit him. And he's like, I got worked over you. And the rabbit growls at him. And he's like, ah, there we go. Mm, just like rabbits do. <laughs> yeah. Rabbits are famous for their growling. <laughs> for their... And their sounds that they make. Maybe Corey became a werehair. I just made Ooh, that word up. <laughs> that'd be a story I'd want to see. Um, but yeah, so that's the episode. It's over. Like Benicula. Did you ever read Benicula? No, I don't have any clue um, what that is. It was a story. It was about pets. And there's a dog and a cat in this house. And then... The child gets a rabbit that the dog and the cat are convinced is a vampire because they keep finding vegetables that are like 
drained of all color and like all the juice from in the vegetable. So they're like finding carrots that have been drained of everything. And so it's Bonicula. It's the rabbit that is this vampire. But he doesn't drink other rabbit blood. It drinks... It drinks vegetable blood, I guess. Okay. It's it's a well-known book. Okay. You're the weird one. I, I must be. You know... You Let know. us know if you know Bonicula. You know that if there's anything that was like a kid's book, I don't know it. Mm-hmm. Except for Animorphs. Yes. Once we get into middle grade, I'm a little better. Yeah. So there it is. That's the episode. And you can see why. It's a ride. We have this dilemma. Um, Why don't you give a a, a closing monologue and then I will and then we'll rate it. Closing monologue of what? What's your thoughts What else is there to say? It's both wonderful (laughs) and terrible. It's the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> the great and terrible laws. Um, yeah. I mean this it is a ludicrous episode. It makes no sense. It has sense. no sense in the overall feel of the show. The anything, the metaphor is bad. It yeah. But at the same time, this way they tell the story with the flashbacks is a delight. The jokes throughout it are wonderful. The howling, Sean dressed up as Corey, A.O. Matthews. Corey A.O. Matthews is very funny. Um, it's wonderful. The adults all being wrapped up in crazy conspiracy theories is very real. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Not in a good way, but unfortunately, unfortunately very real. Yeah. Um, I, I just the, don't know. You know, the metaphor of like growing hair in places where you don't see where hair would be helpful, that idea I get. But like the whole like urges and killing, <laughs> it's just like... Well, killing, because he even makes a point of saying when he was watching, what movie was it? Um, It wasn't Scarface, but that's what... It's a gangster movie. Yeah. Was it Untouchables? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, was watching The Untouchables, and then it was like, he was about to beat his head in with a baseball bat, and all I could think about was... How, how cold is the water in Baywatch? Yeah. So the killing is is sexual. Yeah. He's not like, even thinking about like literal killing. Yeah. Because he wasn't thinking about that when it was right in front of him. He was thinking about. So is the metaphor they're trying to get across that young boys going through puberty think about sex or think about getting sex or I guess girls like wolves think about getting food? I certainly hope not. I, I This is why I just. I don't know what to do with it. Is this just like an N.A. score? No, I, I think like that ha- goes against what we I think have started. I think there's two things I want to consider here. I think one, how entertaining is it to watch? So entertaining. Yeah, it's really entertaining. But at the same time, I think this episode at least needs consideration in our tournament. Mm-hmm. I think it needs to be compared to other episodes of the season. So I think it's got to be high enough that it makes it in. <laughs> We can't just say you get a spot in the tournament. Yeah. That's not how this works. That violates our integrity as a show. I think I, I think I'm ready to rate it. I really do. I am going to give this episode an eight out of ten. However, I will do that with a caveat that if you give this episode a two out of ten, I get it totally. I'm not gonna give it a two out of ten. No, no, I'm, I'm in listener. In, in listener, if you were like this episode is hot garbage. That's yeah. fine. And, and I think what you value in a Boy Meets World episode will play a lot into this. Like if you're here for like the consistent lessons and Corey meeting the world. This is an awful episode. Here on out, there's a lot of awful episodes for you. I hope that's not what you're here for. Yeah, but if you're here for... A rollicking good time? Yeah, the, the momentary jokes. I'm giving this episode an 8 out of 10. Does it deserve it? I don't know, but it's what I'm doing. See, I was tempted to go even higher than an 8. Then do it. I'm going to go with a 9. Okay. I think the bad parts are far outshined by the good parts. I See, I don't know. I, I literally go back and forth every second. Um, you're at a 9, you gave it an 8. That's an 8.5. Yeah, it, the, the official is 8.5. Again, the number doesn't matter all that much. Yeah, because when it goes head to head, I don't know if we'll see this one go that far, but maybe we will. Maybe we will. It, it deserves to be compared 
it, it deserves to be watched. To other episodes. It's a good episode. And it's got some of Is the it best... Is a good episode? It's got some of the best moment-to-moment jokes. I don't think it works as a whole, but the moment-to-moment jokes are funny. Most... It's just like when everybody was gaga over Avatar, but when you really looked at Avatar, mm. it wasn't that good. I thought you were talking about The Last Airbender. Oh. I was no, like, I was meaning yeah, the James blue Cameron. James Cameron Avatar. Yeah. But it, what it did, the spectacle of it was very good. Yeah. The substance of it was Pocahontas. Yeah, Pocahontas. And every other white messiah kind of movie that has ever existed yeah yeah it's not not that that's what this boy meets world episode is but yeah you see my point yeah it, it, it does not work as a whole but there are moments of it that work like i said if you're out there and listener later, like you guys are so crazy this is a two i get that mm-hmm. like i if you're like this is one of the worst episodes of boy meets world I get that. Like, there are parts of me that think that too. But, but also, I think it's better than the episode that came before it. If we, if you gave me these two episodes to watch, I would watch uh, Who's Afraid of Cory Wolf five times before I ever watched The Uninvited again. <laughs> like, Okay, I, so we've established that. Who is your MVP? Um, I did Sean again. I didn't mean to, but I didn't know who else to give it to. I gave it to Corey. I could see that. Uh, Sean has my favorite joke. Corey is kind of insufferable, but kind of everybody is. Everybody's insufferable in this one. What, do you want to give it to Frank, the ice cream man? No. I'd give it to Ospenskaya before I gave yeah. it to him. Um, let's go Corey. It probably makes uh-huh. the most sense. It's definitely not going to any of the adults. Topanga wasn't in it enough. Yeah, Topanga wasn't didn't in really it make enough. enough of an impact. Though both of her two scenes were some of my favorites. Yeah, let's give it there to her. And I re- I named it Boy Meets the Wolf Inside. Um, I d- so the one that I thought I've got two. Okay. The one is the Boy Meets the Beast Within. Uh huh. Um, which is kind of the same line of yours. But I also want to name it Boy Meets Corey A O Matthews. <laughs> I feel like that's it. That's the one. Corey, what's boy, the AO stand for? Um, so boy meets Corey A.O. Matthews will be the title. Okay. Um, it's Ooh. an episode. Yeah, it's yeah. it's there. I don't know. Um, but yeah, these were some, some special ones. Uh, next week, we will only be covering 207. Mm-hmm. Wake up, little Corey. Wake up, little Corey. Um, it is a, is a heavier episode, so we want to give it the time it deserves. Um, we should, if everything goes according to plan, also be covering it with the Brummings World guys mm-hmm. um, because we are not equipped to cover it in a on our on our own. I mean, I think we are, but it's fun with, to go along with friends. Yeah, it's fun to go along with friends. Um, so be looking forward to that. Um, but I mean, Cameron's on Lake Time now. Yeah, I'm on vacation. Yeah, like with the ending of this podcast. By the time you ever hear this, I'll already be back. Yeah, and we'll be uh, just back to normal life. So just just know that now Cameron's gonna be like sitting on a lake with a cold Dr Pepper in his hand, just living my best life living, now. Living his best life. That's not true. He's not going to get to relax at all. He's got two kids. I've got two kids. My sister-in-law and her boyfriend are coming and bringing their five kids they have between them. Um, and one of his his daughters bringing a friend. So there will be eight kids there. Plus my wife and I and sister-in-law and her boyfriend who are delightful. And I love them all dearly. You met the boyfriend last week? Yeah, you met, last you week. met Luke last week. Um, he's great. It's going to be fun. Also, it's just going to be a lot. Yeah. So I will not be sitting there with a cold Dr. Pepper in my hand by the pool. Also, it's really hot. It is. I would die. I'm probably going to relax more this week than you are. Yeah, but I'm going to have fun. <laughs> I'm going to do it at the lake. Yeah, you're going to have fun at the lake. And yeah, we're distanced from the rest of the world. This will be the longest we've gone without recording since quarantine started. Mm-hmm. So that'll be fun. But yeah. 
yeah, if you have any comments you want to talk about your own greasy spoon, mm-hmm. um, send us a message at BG World Fever on Twitter or BG World Fever at gmail.com. We'll be happy to read it on air whenever we do get back. I mean, again, this episode will be out for you to listen long after I'm back. Yeah. Uh, and tell us, I've been thinking about it a lot. Should we have an Instagram? What kind of stuff would we put on our Instagram? Yeah, what do you want? How do you want to interact with this? Yeah, like, I've, I've just been thinking a lot about it lately. And I was like, we need we need to we need to get out there. We need to become more visible. And we know how to talk about Boy Meets World. We don't know how to social media. Mm-mm. So tell us, tell us what Boys you think. Boys meet social media. Um, but yeah, so we've got, we've got all that coming up. Remember, if you're watching along, only watch 207 next week and... That's the show. That's the show. So from both of us here at Boy Meets World Fever, uh, so long, world. So long, world. (laughs) 